Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, and welcome, everybody, to Episode 12 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. We're really glad to have you here. This is Dan Gingas, also known as American Dan, and I am back with my friend and colleague, Dan Moriarty, also known as British Dan. Dan, what's going on tonight? Not much, Dan. Not much. Excited for this latest edition of the podcast. How are you? I'm great. I think this is going to be a really fun podcast because when you're a new podcast, you you have a lot of firsts, and tonight is going to be the first local business that we're going to highlight, and I think it's going to be really interesting. So, Dan, why don't you tell us about who we're going to talk to tonight? Absolutely. I'm delighted to introduce Wade Lombard, who's with us tonight. Wade, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And, and just for everyone who's listening, just to let you know, Wade is the one of the owners, a family-owned business, of a moving company in Austin, Texas called Square Cow Movers, with a double O, like a cow. Based out of Austin, Texas, it's a local company specialized in local and long-distance moves for residential and commercial customers. One of the things that really attracted us to them is they actually have a coveted five-star overall rating on Yelp with about 400 or exactly 426 out of the 455 reviews being four or five stars. Super excited way to have you join. I'm really excited to have you represent the first local business that we've had on this podcast. We're honored to be asked to, to chat with you guys. And uh, this is the kind of thing that we live for. So thanks for having me on. Well, we're certainly happy to have you, Wade, as well. And to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Square Cow Movers? How did you get into the business? And most importantly, I got to know how you guys came up with the name. Yeah, thanks. So interestingly enough, back in late 2007, my business partners and I all had desk jobs. And we were hammering things out in cubicles in our own variety and we all wanted to work for ourselves wanted to do our own thing so we started looking at a lot of different businesses and really studying what was going to be a good fit for us at the time i was in my late 20s as well as one of my business partners and we ended up in the living room of a friend of a friend who owned a moving company and we sat there for about four hours and we did kind of a forensic study on what he does how he does it what the margins are like and we left that meeting and immediately started planning our moving company. But it is, it should be noted, we had never moved a piece of furniture outside of like a, a sofa in college uh, in our lives. So uh, it was definitely a new experience for us. Uh, about three months later, we had a couple of trucks and we were getting started with very little to no experience. And I'll also add that obviously uh, getting started in 2008 um, wasn't the best year to start a small business, especially one tied to housing. So again, it was a troubling time, but that's when we decided to start our business. We came up with the name. And again, I wish we had a, a really cool, fun, colorful story for everybody. It's a bit boring. You know, we decided to add an O to movers. And obviously, what does a cow say? Cow says moo. And we wanted to somehow tie a cow into movers. And have a my college actually my college freshman roommate is just a marketing genius and he helped us develop it and uh, when he first said what do you think about square cow movers you know I paused for a second and and I really thought about it and I was like that's genius everything took off from there so it's been a lot of fun 
And I love the fact that you launched a, a, a new business and B, a moving focus business in 2008 in the US. That's uh, ballsy to say the least. Square ball movers, maybe. Oh, yeah, you would have called us just plain stupid back in 2008. I think everybody, including my father-in-law, actually ironically said this is the biggest mistake ever. And you just don't get enough opportunities to uh, say your father and prove him wrong. So uh, maybe that was what was driving me all those years. Have you reminded him of that fairly frequently since then? As often as possible. Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> you name it. As we mentioned, you're the, the first local business we've actually had on. So I'm really curious to hear your perspective on what it's like to run a local business in this day and age where ratings, reviews, feedback are both so public but also so impactful. I think it's an amazing question, and I think it's at the heart of what a lot of small business owners are dealing with day to day. I think the response you're going to get is going to be different depending on who you're talking to and honestly what their ratings are. If their ratings are positive and they're in a market like Austin, Texas, where people pay attention to those reviews, they're going to love it. They're going to be thrilled with it. Do I think that our success has been based on online consumer reviews? No, I believe we would be successful regardless. But it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. It accelerates everything at a much quicker level than you could do it yourself. So I love it. But being a small business owner, most of my friends in life are also small business owners, and I have several that hate it. And when I say hate, I mean hate in their soul for online consumer reviews because they can't seem to get over the hump. And that is something that's constantly nagging. They're constantly fighting against it. And so it really depends on who you talk to. And the pendulum is going to swing from elation all the way over to just pure misery. Well, it definitely looks like you guys are closer to the elation side of that, given the Yelp scores and reviews that you have. And we're reading your business description there, and it says that you are, and I quote, committed to providing unparalleled service through professional and experienced crews, unquote. And, of course, that drew my attention because this is a podcast about service. So tell us a little bit about what that means to you, and how does that ladder up to any customer service strategy that you might have in place? When we first got started, we just assumed that we were going to, when it came time to build a staff, well, before we built the staff, customer service was so easy because we were on every single job. I lost 40 pounds my first summer moving furniture. And what that means is from every phone call that came in the office, which was way fewer than that I was hoping for that first year, to every piece of furniture that got moved from the attic all the way down into our truck and into the new house, we had our hands on. So I always had a smile on my face. And I was always trying to give the absolute best service I could. But what happens when your business transcends your hands, your eyes, and you can't be in every living room? You can't be in every garage and making sure things are happening your way. And so you start building a staff. And what we assumed was we'd say, you know what, what we got to do is we got to find experienced movers that know how to move furniture because that's what's most important. And we could not have been more wrong. We were going at it from the complete different angle because what we learned was is most of the movers that had experience, we didn't like them. We didn't like their attitude. They were very challenging to show how to do things in a new way. So we came up with this whole idea of 
I can show someone how to move an armoire, but I can't show them how to be a good person. We stopped looking for good movers, and we started looking for good, solid people. When they walk in the door for the interview, they look me in the eye when they shake my hand. What are their manners like? What is this person going to do to our reputation and our image when we send them out to our client's house? Because honestly, the rest of it, I can teach them. I can teach them the technique of moving furniture. I can teach them how to drive a box truck, but I simply cannot teach them how to be a well-rounded, solid person. Wait, I think that's awesome, and it's great advice to really any size company, no matter what industry you're in, because all companies have to, in some way, focus on customer service. And you're right that in the way that you hire, needing the compassion and the empathy and the people skills is that's the stuff that's really hard to find. And I think you've put it absolutely perfectly. You could probably teach me how to carry an armoire if you needed to, but the other stuff is a little bit harder. So I think that's great. I'd love if you can teach me what an armoire is. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a really large cabinet that is usually bigger than both of our guys as they carry it around. So it's a piece of furniture that's really large. So great, great question. Perhaps I should have used a different, a different piece of furniture. It must be a Texas word. Perhaps it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Wade, out of interest, how many staff members are you up to now? This summer is our busy season, so we capped out as, as we're ending the summer at about 115. And again, seven years ago, we started with just two of us. And so we've grown to right at 115 employees this summer, which we're just super proud of. And would you honestly say, hand on heart, that every single one of those you think is a fundamentally good person? You know, I certainly hope so. It gets harder and harder to say that hand on heart. Yeah. And so much of what we're trying to do is pick up on patterns as people walk in the door and we meet them. And But if you're asking, have we ever had a swing and a miss on an employee, then I would literally get struck by lightning if I said that we had it. But honestly, we're doing our absolute best to judge someone's character from the word go. Well, we've all had swings and misses, and I think my expectation was was you were going to say about 20, the way you described what you look for. So, I mean, to, to still have that philosophy and be at over 100 people, I think is amazing. And so um, my next question would be, so let's say occasionally, and I, I imagine in your business, you know, scratches happen. Little things can happen from time to time, as, as well-intentioned as, as you are um, or the whole company is. When there is a complaint, how do people typically get hold of you? I mean, are are people picking up the phone and calling you or your team? Are they going straight to Yelp? Are they going to social media? Where are you seeing the the few and far between complaints come through? Every possible medium you can imagine. We really keep our ear to the ground on what's going on, and we really try to control the message as best we can. And I'm not talking control it in a sinister way, but – Here's a rule that we have in our company, and all of my managers know this rule. And there's a myth out there, and the myth is there's such thing as over-communication. That actually does not exist. We've never had a client call us and say, you know, I'm really upset because you guys just provided me with too much information. What does a client say? A client says, you didn't tell me. You didn't let me know. You didn't share this with me, and therefore I'm upset. So we do try to give our clients as many outlets as possible to share with us if there's something that's happening during or after their move that that isn't agreeing with them. For instance, we send every client a survey after their move. It's 10 questions. And like one question will be, did our crew show up on time? And 
a one is a cow patty and a five is a cow bell. And you rate us from one to five. So it's a really fun, quirky way for our entire base of clients to let us know, hey, how are we doing? Here's what else it is. It's a release valve. So if there is something wrong, they're getting a survey directly from me the day after the move to tell me how we did. Now, if a manager of a restaurant that you're upset with the service asks you the day after your meal, how was your meal? Are you less likely to go on to Yelp or Angie's List to share your concerns? You probably are because you've told them directly what your concerns are. Secondly, our phones, we never miss a call. That's another rule we have. Do not miss a call. And as soon as they pick up the phone, our guys are scripted to say, square cows movers, this is Wade. How may I serve you? Just having that very open dialogue with clients, not ever believing in over-communication, we think are huge factors in cutting people off at the pass if there is something wrong. But we're not going to get in their way if something's right when they're going to things like Yelp and Angie's List and leaving us what we believe to be glowing reviews. How's your approach change in terms of response based on the channel that people come to you? Because obviously if they come to you on the phone, it's a one-to-one interaction. If they go on Yelp or if they go on social media, now it's out in public. Can you talk about how you take that philosophy of, you know, you can't have too much communication? How do you take that across channels? It's one of the most challenging parts of, I think, customer service once they kind of breach that line that, that isn't directly to us, but they go to Twitter or they go to Yelp or Angie's List, or let's even talk about what is very popular here in Texas, and I don't know if it's popular where you guys are, but let's talk about community forums. This is kind of a big thing here in Texas where somebody will go on and they'll say, hey, I have a really great babysitter, and if anybody ever needs a babysitter, and then you know people will pile on, yeah, you know, I needed one, thank you, and, and so on and so forth. These kinds of things are really hard to control the spirit of things on because when you move 6,000 people a year as we do, we're going to have some upset clients. There's just no way around it. So when they don't let us deal with things directly or we deal with things and they're not still not happy and they jump on Twitter, Yelp, Angie's List, things like community forums, it totally changes how we respond to them. And the thing that we've really learned is we just try to really kill them with kindness in any of those forums and say, we are so sorry you had an unfavorable experience with us. We would love to discuss this. And if you'd like to call us, here's our number. We're open to talking to you at any time. Because to get defensive or to try to pick a fight online is about the most worthless thing you can do. And everybody looking at that is going to think the same thing about you and your company. So that kind of ties into what I was going to ask you next, Wade, which is just how you handle positive versus negative comments. You kind of answered how you handle the negative ones, like try to get them to talk to you, try and have a conversation. But when you get positive reviews for you through, what do you do with those inside your company? We're trying to actually improve in this area. In the last few months, we really tried to – it's not that we did not deeply, deeply appreciate every positive review that we got or every positive comment. I will say if someone puts something on Twitter or Facebook, it's very rare that we don't hit them back with, thank you so much or something quirky, you know, glad we got you squared away or something like that. But we have tried to improve our online interaction as it relates to Yelp and Angie's List. Just to say, man, this is impactful. What you did, just a few sentences. And one of our favorite things that we ever see on Yelp 
and this is especially important, we think, is when a client says, hey, you know what, Chris, John, and Roger did my move and they did a great job. And here's why that's important to us. We moved them and a couple weeks later, they got their internet set up and a week after that, they got their computer set up and a week after that, they got unpacked and they finally sat down to write us a review and they knew the names of our guys. And if you read on Yelp, that you'll constantly read the names of the crews. We think that's so special. They built enough of a rapport where weeks down the road, when they finally leave that review, they remember them. Those are so important for us to go on and say, you know what? This is impactful. You've made such an impact on our company. Thank you for leaving this review. We'd love to serve you in the future. So we are trying to improve in that area. I think that's great, Wade. And uh, just to remind everybody, we're talking to Wade Lombard, who is one of the owners of Square Cow Movers uh, out of Austin, Texas. I don't know whether I should say movers or movers because there's two O's in the movers. And if you have a brand that you'd like to nominate to be on this podcast, please hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag FOCS, Focus on Customer Service. You can also tweet at us directly at DGingis or at I am Dan Moriarty. And I would be remiss if I did not say that uh, the reason we found Wade was actually from our friend Jay Bear, who uh, nominated Wade and Square Cow Movers after talking with them for his upcoming book, Hug Your Haters. And so we know if Jay likes you guys and your service, we knew instantly that we would also like you. Uh, so thank you, Jay, for the reference. I'm going to jump to another question. We love to ask people about particularly memorable interactions that they've had either on social media or, in your case, it might be on Yelp. Obviously, you get hundreds of reviews. You get lots of people tweeting at you or posting on your Facebook page. Which one or ones particularly stick out to you? Maybe they were funny, strange, or in other ways memorable. You know, I think our staff have mixed feelings about the social interaction our clients have with us online. Some of the funny things that have happened is some of our best clients that we love dearly will post a picture of us moving their things or they'll see one of our trucks and say, you know, they'll grab a picture while they're driving down the road and post, hey, saw a square cow truck. And I can't tell you how many times you know, we'll see that picture, and, and I'm sure everybody on, that sees the picture is perfectly happy with the way it looks. But, you know, I'll see certain things that don't add up to me. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'll text one of my drivers, why are you doing on that side of town? Aren't you supposed to be over here? Or, hey, you know, it looks like you, your dashboard, you know, has your paperwork and your sweatshirt on it. And we have a rule about keeping your dashboard clean. So we'll get these little ways of grabbing our guys kind of running amok not in any bad way but uh so their thoughts about the social interaction is is mixed sometimes because we have our clients unknowingly helping us police things out on the roads from time to time that's funny now that everybody has a camera and you guys are out in public and your people are out in public it does sort of serve as a warning to be even that much more careful it absolutely terrifies me in every way. And I think it, it should be said that when we do get a one-star review and we do get them or when we do get, you know, word of, of an unhappy client or a picture, you know, sometimes we'll get a picture of our truck stuck, you know, in some mud or, you know, and a client's just driving by and wanted to clip a picture and put it online. We really respond quickly. We have learned that these interactions online are – 
it used to be years ago where you had a good experience and you told your friend at church and your neighbor and your sister and your hairstylist. And now people have a good or, or bad experience and they immediately tell tens of thousands of people. And that power can be incredibly, as we talked about, helpful for some companies or it could be it could put some businesses, you know, out of business. And so that's pretty powerful. And I think responding quickly is more important now than ever before. And Wade, what I love about you is there's, I mean, what you said is just absolutely true, obviously, but there's a lot of businesses that still try and they, they, they don't acknowledge that and they try and pretend that this reviews and these comments aren't a real thing. And I love the fact that you've embraced it, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and really kind of owned it for, for who you are as the, the, the owner and founder of your business. You know, and then I, for the I, final question, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, Go on. I'll, I'll just respond to that real quick if you don't mind. To respond to your question, sure. it's amazing to me how many folks still stick their head in the sand about the online consumer reviews and interaction. And I think it's probably one of the most dangerous things that you can do. And I'm 35 years old. I think probably average small business owner doesn't have the youthfulness that maybe I still have. They're probably a little gray around the temples. They're probably pretty conservative fiscally. And they've gotten away with just kind of sticking their head in the sand about technology. I think it's getting to the point now where it's so powerful and what's going on online. It's no longer just the major markets. It's not just New York and San Francisco. It's really, like you said here, I'm the first local business. And I think local businesses, I think they're really, you know, the make or break can happen online now. And so hopefully people are starting to, to realize that even the ones that again, have a little gray around the temples and hopefully they can realize that and embrace it and try to change with the times. Absolutely. And maybe that's a second business for you, Wade, at some point, a local, uh, Austin local business review agency. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would like a, uh, a commission if that happens. <laughs> Along those lines, I mean, it's always my favorite question, which is just asking um, you know, people like yourself that are doing this at Amazing Brands, what advice you have for listeners, especially in your case, other local companies who want to build this, these local awesome customer service teams? We kid around at our business and we say all movers would have been doctors or engineers if it wasn't for ADD or whatever. I use the word evangelize and I use the word preach. You can't emphasize customer service on Monday and expect that now your, your team has it. We found that we were two years into our business and we have this guideline that when you show up to move, your shirt is tucked in. We realize that's very old school. But we think subconsciously when the client opens the door in the morning to greet our movers and their shirt tails are tucked in and they look them in the eye and they introduce themselves, subconsciously that client says, hey, this person takes care of themselves, therefore they're going to take care of my things. For literally two to three years straight, every morning I said, tuck your shirt in, please. Tuck your shirt in, please, to every employee. Every single day we preached it. We evangelized every single day I saw an employee tuck your shirt. They just would not show up with their shirt tucked in. It seemed so simple to me. But after years of preaching it, we found that the culture, the gears of the culture started to grind and started to happen. And things started moving on their own. And I would see a head mover tell a new helper, hey, buddy, you better take your shirt in. 
hey, sir, you tuck your shirt in. And we started seeing things happen on their own. But it took us years of preaching it before it actually happened. So none of this really comes naturally, this whole attitude of service. And so we think that a lot of it has to do with us pushing it, just a constant gentle pressure of, guys, let's put our best foot forward here. No, let's have a clean dashboard. Let's have a clean dashboard. Let's tuck our shirt in. Let's tuck our shirt in. And after kind of kind of building that culture over time, every single day in a constant gentle way, we've seen things happen and we've grown because of it. So I think what I would emphasize is the importance of continuous preaching of what's important and what fundamentally makes up your culture within your company. Great stuff, Wade. Awesome advice for companies, big and small, local, national, and international. Great, great advice. Wade, unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciated having you. Guys, this is the kind of stuff that we eat, sleep, and breathe at Square Cow Movers, and so getting an opportunity to talk about it has been a pure joy. So thanks for having me. That's Wade Lombard, one of the owners of Square Cow Movers out of Austin, Texas. And that is another episode of Focus on Customer Service. Again, if you'd like to reach us, please hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag FOCS with other great brands that you think are doing customer service really, really well. And until next time, for Dan Moriarty, this is Dan Gingas, and we'll see you on Episode 12. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS. And follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.